tēnā tātou katoa, hui mai nei, i tēnā rā, greetings to all of you who have gathered here today. Welcome to the Getting Around Field Trip Web Conference number two. I'm Andrew the Learns Field Trip Teacher, and we're joined with Aileen Campbell this morning. Before we get underway with our questions this morning, I'll just begin with a short karakia. Unuhia te pō, te pō whiri marama, tomukia te ao, te ao whatu tangata, tātai kurunga, tātai kiraro, tātai ahurau, hemi ye, hui ye, taiki ye. So this is our second field trip web conference for the getting around your options for a sustainable future field trip. And like I said, we've got Aileen Campbell from Hutt City Council with us this morning. Good morning, Aileen. Thanks for joining us. Well, um, morning, Andrew. Uh, morning, everybody who's watching. Hey, Aileen, would you like to give us a bit of a rundown on what your role with the council is regarding our topic today, which is our changing streets. What will our streets look like in the future and how might we play a part in shaping how they look? You're involved in uh, a certain project at the council, I understand. Yeah, so I'm helping to facilitate a project called Aoha Evolving Spaces along Knights Road, which is all about um, making a better connection from a public transport place and an active transport place into schools and into the Lower Hearts CBD. So making it safer for kids to bike, scooter, walk around the place as well as the rest of the community. And you're involved in, the, in road safety as well, aren't you? Yeah, so in my the rest of my job, in my day job, um, I help to deliver the scooter training for schools, cycle safety, walking school buses, um, and also other aspects of road safety, like learner, learner driver education, things like that. Yeah. It was interesting. We had a discussion yesterday with Hugh from Wellington City Council, and he was he mentioned he just said something that stuck in my mind, and he, he was talking about driving and said that you know driving can be stressful. Some other forms of transport, like you're talking about scootering and cycling, that, that can be stressful too, depending on the situation you're in, in terms of the type of uh, street or road you're you're using those vehicles in, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I think um, if it's if it's a very busy street, if there's a lot of big vehicles and, and private vehicles around, and if you feel squeezed in between mm. parking and moving traffic, and there's there's a lot going on, yeah, that can be quite stressful. Um, and from our perspective of some of our residents, it can be quite scary and quite stressful for them if there's a lot of people moving quickly on the footpath uh, in the places they're walking. They can feel squeezed and stressed out as well. So we'll get to um, some solutions for that moment. But if we're thinking about streets, um, you know, I, I, I guess when I think about a favourite street of mine, it was possibly the street I grew up on as a child. It was a very quiet street and I spent hours riding my bike without sort of fear of having um, a truck come barreling down and squeezing me off the road. Thinking about where, where you are or, or where you've been, do you have a favourite street and why might it be your favourite? I'm, I'm from Havelock originally uh, and the entrance into Havelock is, uh, is covered in ornamental cherry trees. It's quite a wide straight street and there's a lot of space for you to ride or walk or bike and it looks and feels really pleasant. So that would definitely be one of my, um, my favourite streets to come into. Um, as well as you get that feeling of coming home, which is always nice. And I'm sure a lot of people um, really like their own personal street because they know everything, they know their neighbours, and they feel safe there. Yeah. Yeah, one of the um, one of the other things, actually mentioning the cherry with the big kauri trees we had on the side of the street 
growing up in, in West Dorf in the Waitakere Ranges. Hey, yeah, what about a street that you're not so fond of and why? Uh, probably there's, there's a, a particularly busy one um, opposite the climbing gym just here in Lower Hutt. Uh, and there's, there's always a lot of cars parked in on both sides. People are driving quite quickly. Um, there's a lot going on and the drivers are needing to focus on other cars, other vehicle movements. So if you're walking, if you're biking, if you're scootering, it feels really busy, really loud, really unprotected, really grey looking. Um, and yeah, you don't, don't feel as safe or as welcome there. And I think that's what a lot of these projects are about, is helping the people to feel safe, whichever part of the road they're using, and to feel welcome, happy, comfortable in those places. Yeah, yeah. yeah so which leads nicely to the next question is, can our streets be better places? And, and how can they be better places? This project has been really interesting. So just to, we are working, I work for council, but the road needs to be co-designed with community, which means we really want people's ideas. So we've been asking that question a lot for the last few months. What we're hearing, especially from our young people, is they'd like it to be brighter, um, visually more attractive, have a few more features that will help them and their families, like seating and plants that themes of native bush, native birds, native trees really coming through. And the other one is um, food. They'd like to see herb gardens, vegetable gardens, functional as pretty places that they can move through uh, and they feel safe. So that's the safety is a massive theme, safety, having space. Uh, and then that visual and serving the community function as well, which is really what public spaces are for. Yeah, so there's, there's one aspect where you've got streets that are, you know, for people to move through and get, and, and it's, it's part of the way from A to B. But then you've got some of those key streets in a town or a city, which are becoming, you know, the idea is to make them, like you say, more like public places. I think that's something that's missed. The road and the footpath are shared public spaces. There's a real tendency for it to feel like, well, it's my street. And I think um, something that we can work on is that distinction between the motorway that connects two towns or those big, busy thoroughfare parts of town, which are all about moving transport, moving goods, moving people um, in high volumes. And those residential streets that you're mentioning, um, where we do those last 500 metres, that last one kilometre journey to your school, to your house, to your shop, those are the ones where people can get a lot of health benefits by using active modes, but mm. also they're the ones that you want it to be pleasant and welcoming for people to move around in because that's where you live and you, you work. So those are, when they're looking at some of those big changes that um, we have national goals for about increasing the number of journeys people do on foot, those are the journeys they're really looking at. Um, and those are the areas that you're looking to make more people friendly and that those um, ideas that are coming from our communities, that's where they can be actioned. They're obviously not practical on State Highway 2, but on your local street, yeah, yeah. they possibly are. And then that, that idea that the street is only for cars and only for moving as fast as possible between two points, that's an area that um, we think can change. But, you know, that's, I guess, traditionally, well, maybe not traditionally, but at least um, in, in the 
in our sort of immediate type history, <laughs> get that. That sort of that's where a lot of the effort was put is was trying to get traffic moving and getting helping people get drive um, or move goods and that from A to B quickly. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Um, for sure. If we're thinking about those public again, those those bigger roads. Um, and yeah, there has been a focus on moving vehicles, but the more vehicles you have, um, the slower they move around the place. Mm. And the, the tendency to have more and more. So one solution for people being able to move vehicles and goods that aren't practical quickly is to have less vehicles on the road. And if we look at those distances that people can walk, cycle, et cetera, and that are really good for them because we also have a, a very big health crisis uh, in, in New Zealand. Um, if you look at those short 500 metre, one kilometre, those are the distances we're talking about, um, which is a five minute, 10 minute walk. Those are the journeys that you're looking to change. Um, yeah, does that help? Does that answer your question? Yeah, so so with, with these changes, you mentioned that you've been, um, you know, with the help of the public, how, how are people helping? And, um, and what's, you know, what are some ideas for for other people that, um, you know, to, to get them thinking about how they can contribute to public spaces, streets and in, in their, in their neighbourhood? What could they do to get involved? Um, I think this, this project's a bit different in that we're, um, we're looking to ask for expert opinion from the people who use the places all the time about how it could look and then try those temporarily that we can interact with it, see how it works, um, and then change it again. So it's not a concreted in piece. So that's really exciting because it means that you can try ideas that people have. Um, and we're taking the view that we have within council, within um, the National Transport Agency, the experts in the road space, but the people who live in the space are the experts in that community. Mm. So what we're uh, the ways that people are helping are... Um, We've actually changed our initial ideas for the layout based on some of that feedback. So their ideas really are getting used. Um, in a more uh, artistic way, we've got students from Hard Intermediate who have been creating some of the materials that will be used on the road. Um, and we're working to create some murals and things there. So people are helping by changing the ideas that will be tested, helping create the materials that will be tested. And um, yeah, and then that process kind of circles round and round until we get to something that hopefully works better for everybody than what's currently there. And then, and then action those changes, changes. I think that's the different part. We are actioning the changes as we go. So it's a learn and trial piece. So we're physically putting things on the road that change the layout to trial them. Um, and then they will be changed and updated. So people get to move through their ideas of the new layout physically on the road and then give feedback about it again so that so you've mentioned oh, yeah. you've, you've yeah. mentioned some of those uh those uh, ideas that people have, have suggested and come up with uh and that you're trialing um yeah. so well, g give us an idea of, of what this public space this the street is you know is, is potentially going to look like and feel like um to start with, at the moment, there was there will be a little um, pop-up space that we're creating with community down the far end, which is going to be a physical site. What we've learned is a lot of our residents don't do digital. 
um, which is interesting and is a challenge in COVID times. So that will help us have a physical site there. Um, in terms of the road, the, it's a very busy intersection. So there'll be some changes to the car movements there and there'll be a reduction in the space. So there'll be less space on the road for vehicles only. Um, at the moment, the road that we are looking at changing has very, very wide lanes for cars um, and a very wide median strip and parking on both sides. It's an exceptionally wide road. And what's interesting about drivers is, um, and everybody else, but people, the wider a space is, the faster people think they should move through it. Mm. Um, so even though it's a 50 kilometer road at the moment, we've seen speeds of 106 k's an hour at wow. night and um, regular speeds of that 60, 70, 80. And keep in mind, this is a road where there are four schools, uh, three early childhood centers, um, elderly residents. It's close to the center of town. You're not out in the, out in the area. So narrowing the road with some of the space for cars with some of the um, artwork and materials there will help people to feel like it's narrower. Even though the speed limit won't change, we expect to see more vehicles traveling more slowly, which will help make it feel safer. Because understandably, parents are not keen for their kids to walk, mm. cycle, scoot, or for themselves to move through this road if they feel it's very busy and very fast moving traffic. Um, so those are the changes that will happen to help slow down, slow down the traffic and really make it safe for all of the people that use it, including the vehicles, um, as, as they come through. Will there be any resistance to this from drivers? Because we did, on one of our previous field trips about the smart motorway in Wellington, learn that people are reasonably happy when they're driving as long as they're still moving. They don't like stop-start, but as long as they're moving, they're reasonably happy. Is, is that your um, position? Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, and of course, at the very busy times when there's a lot of vehicles on the road, that's not when you're seeing those extreme speeds. Um, but it is when people get very frustrated about some of the turning movements happening down the far end because there's actually a, a four-way, it's, it's not a conventional four-way intersection, but there are four roads intersecting outside of a public transport hub with a pedestrian crossing on it. So the stop-start movements there are something that we hope the trials will actually help so people will be happier with um, that so people don't like change generally um, one of the nice things about this is they get to try it before it's permanent and that's why in some ways we can do it as a uh, as opposed to concreting something in um, so I think if we're able to to work with community and explain that it is short term and they get to try it and see if they like it um, that that will help with that story. So most people actually have been overwhelmingly positive. Our initial idea was um, to get the extra space for public transport by reducing the flush median that's in the middle of the road, which is one of those stripy um, white striped diagonal lines thing that goes between the two lanes of traffic. And for the reason that you're suggesting people don't like to stop and start, almost unanimously people want to keep that. So that, but, but they're quite willing to reduce the parking to get the space there, which is quite interesting because that's not what we normally see. Um, so we will learn as the physical trials go on the road in the beginning of next year, if the people who are talking to us now are the people who are um, representative of everyone else. 
So that's what we're trying to do over the next couple of months is test out these ideas that have come from the groups we've engaged with so far. Um, and that's one barrier to change often. Until something goes on the ground, only a few people want to come and give their opinions about it. We can only listen to the people who talk to us. We can ask as many questions as we want, but we can only listen to the ones who come back. So that's how people can get engaged too, is if your local um, government or is asking a question, it's because they really do want the answer and it will get actioned. You wanna make sure your voice is heard as well as maybe your, your older neighbor or, um, or your very conservative person who might have totally different views than you. So by testing things on the ground, we expect to hear from a lot more of the community. Um, as we get things out there and be able to get something people are actually genuinely happier with um, going forward. So you're kind of provoking a response in, in a way. Well, we're saying, hey, this is what you said you wanted. Is this what you actually want? And the people who say, well, you didn't ask me, we have we have really tried, <laughs> we have done our best. But when they say, hey, we, we do, you didn't ask me, I don't like it, that's okay. But there's going to be a second version of the trial. What do you think it should look like? Great. So, so how can people, how can how yeah. can perhaps young people um, find out if if there's a similar sort of project happening through the council in their town, and, and if if not, if there isn't anything, um, is there anything people can do to, you know, to put forward suggestions for change? Yeah. So, innovating streets. A lot of this work is. Um, so it is, comes from Waka Kotahi in ZTA. Um, it's called Innovating Streets in different areas, and there are more than 40 projects happening around the country. Uh, Waka Kotahi's website lists out where they are and what they are um, and how you can attach. So they can definitely, schools can have a look there. Um, if there is one close to a school, hopefully that school has already been told and knows about it, but they can look there. Um, all councils do have a what's going on sort of page or a community page as well, so they can look for, for those. Um, but also they can write in and say, hey, we think that, and we, we get this a lot, the area outside my school is really busy, um, or I think there's not a safe crossing here. They can contact first their school and then their um, council if they want to, to try to create change in their communities. Um, because our public sector organisations and our public spaces like our roads are here to serve our community. We may not be able to make all the changes you want, but we're really willing to listen to what you'd like and, um, and try to find something that will work for you. Yeah, I don't think there's, you know, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, getting mm -hmm. that, that last bit of distance to school, for example, I, mm -hmm. I don't think there's many schools in, in a fairly built up area that struggle that don't struggle with with that drop off pickup zone. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so, you know, I'm just thinking about the, the school that my my kids go to. Um, it's kind of bedlam in the morning and the afternoon for 15 to 20 minutes, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm certainly encouraging them to actually just walk. Um, the bus system—that's another story. We don't quite qualify for that because yeah. uh, of the distance we are from the school, but. Rainy days are probably the worst. <laughs> Suddenly everybody's um, picking kids up instead. Mm. 
really interesting. Hey, look, thanks for your time this morning, Aileen. I'm not sure if there's anything else. Um, Barry, if you had any questions you thought Aileen may be able to cover, I'm, I'm thought we've uh, covered quite a bit this morning. Well, I was going to ask in yesterday's one, how much of what you do is driven by research? And you've kind of answered that and that you're engaging with people and asking them. So you get what's called qualitative research because um, individuals give you something, um, some feedback. Have you got any sort of research that's driving what you do from overseas or from other parts of New Zealand or even from your own work? Absolutely. Um, this a lot of this is is coming from a wide, wide and deep pool of research about um, public transport, active transport, and health. And health is a huge part of this. Um, our lives are increasingly sedentary and screen based, particularly around COVID. Uh, and there's a lot of research that says using active transport to get to work or to school, which is something you do every day is a much better way to improve health for everybody um, and reduce congestion than a gym membership because people do it every day. They don't necessarily go to the gym and it's free and accessible to everybody. It's a lot cheaper than driving a car. Um, cities that have put this into place have seen um, big improvements in, in health from that point of view, as well as in pollution, carbon, all of those types of things. So from a broad perspective, yes, this whole uh, idea is, is very strong, solidly based on research. Um, locally, as in which road, et cetera, yes, that, that's based on research too. So what are the volumes? What are the speeds? Where would be the best place? What's actually happening on the street just now? Um, measuring change. We will be measuring the journey time. We have been measuring the journey time down the road and it's very interesting because you talk to the residents, the congestion is terrible on this road. You look at the journey time during the peak times at school drop-off point, and it's 20 to 30 seconds longer to cover the 1.4 kilometers at those peak times than it is the entire rest of the day. Um, so there is that real perception that when I have to stop for someone to cross the road, it drastically changes my day. Um, but when you actually measure it, did it, did it really? Um, so we will be looking at those measurements so that we know, have we changed, have we made people's lives worse? Have we made the journey, the waiting time now five minutes long? Because if we have, we'll pull it out and, and or um, adjust it so that that's not the case. So yeah, every, everything that we do, um, we need to know how it feels, that qualitative side, but we need to know what's actually happening quantitatively as well. Um, and that, your point, Andrew, about um, people moving and all the focus being on vehicles and moving faster, it's really interesting when you go to other countries um, like Japan, for example, where the speed limit is 50 kilometres on every road that's not a motorway and they really, really stick to it. Um, so it's New Zealand is what has the, one of the highest car ownership rates in the world. Um, per capita, we are very, very car focused. Um, North America is another one. But when you look at other countries in the world, this is not the way it's always been. And this is not the way that's normal in a lot of other places. Um, so, yeah, sorry, that was a very long answer. But, yeah, we're looking at research. <laughs> yeah. no, it's just a really interesting uh, area to be um, talking about. It's, uh, 
you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of changes do come out of this and, and how it might, and obviously my own community, how things might change there. But look, thank you once again for your time, Aileen. And uh, if you've been listening and watching the web conference and this has made it this far, thanks for being a part of it. And remember to check out the, the Field Trip website with the Google Earth Tour. And that's got all our videos and images from the Field Trip on it. And yeah, that brings our web conference to an end. Thanks very much.